0: Nobody scratches.
1: Okay, that's it. It's fine. Nobody's
0: hurt. Nobody's hurt. Mom, don't be mad at me, okay? It's just that I've been stuck in that cage for four years, and I just went a little crazy, and it won't happen again.
2: You're right. You're right. This will not happen again.
0: But as
3: long as we're here, can we go in for a few seconds? No. Please. No. Why not? The bus is only for half an hour, and I can't go back to Philly without any presents with my mom. She thinks I've been shopping.
1: Shopping?
4: For four years?
3: Mm-hmm. So it can't exactly go back empty hands because it isn't very nice.
2: All right, all right. 15 minutes and then straight to the bus station. You promise?
3: Promise.
2: Who are you? ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? This is Koti T. Moody, who once upon a time in the land of cinema was also known as Raul from Who's That Girl? And if you are hearing my mellifluous voice, then you are listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. And yes, Nikki Finn, that's the best that I can do. Hey,
4: everybody. It's Ben.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Liberty. You met your match when you met me.
1: So good, so good. And hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Welcome to another edition of MLVC. I want to say a huge thank you to Koti Mundi himself for opening today's episode. We will be hearing from him a little later in the show with a fantastic story, so make sure to stick around for that. We are closing out our Madonna summer movie series with the third film Madonna did in the 80s, the wonderful, wacky, and camp comedy from 1987... Who's That Girl? It is a special occasion being able to talk about this film with both you, Ben, and Liberty today. Liberty and myself have loved the film for years and years. Years. Yes, years and years. um, (laughs) But Dear Benjamin is a Who's That Girl virgin.
4: Is that correct, Ben? Oh! I mean... You have to lose it for the very first time more than once in life.
1: That's right. So mm-hmm. up until just a couple days ago, you had never seen Who's That Girl, the film.
4: I, I, until yesterday, I had never watched it. And question, why is that? Is it just
1: you avoided it on purpose? Why Why have you never sat down and, and been graced by Nikki Finn?
4: So it never played in theaters where I lived in 87. And by the time I could rent movies and whatnot and then DVDs and stream, I mean, its I don't think I've ever seen it on streaming since either. So it took that conscious effort to rent it, and I just never did.
1: We are very excited to hear Ben's thoughts on a quintessential madonna movie and we got a lot to talk about today
0: so very much unbelievably who's that girl it was released in the summer of 1987 originally titled slammer this film stars madonna as the zany Nikki finn who is wrongfully imprisoned for the murder of her boyfriend johnny griffin dunn plays Loudon trot a straight-laced attorney tasked with getting Nikki to the bus station after she's paroled for good behavior. But Nikki uh, seeks vengeance for the people who framed her. And obviously, things don't work out quite as Loudon has planned. This film has been directed by James Foley, who we recently had the luck and pleasure to have on the show. And this film had an estimated $17 million budget. But it only grossed $17 worldwide. Side note, Madonna's world tour that shared the same name actually made more money than the movie did.
4: Yeah, so let's get right to it, Ben. What are your first impressions from the movie? Oh my God, I have so many thoughts and a lot of them are conflicting. But I will say that I don't necessarily think the movie in and of itself is terrible, but there were things large pieces of it that kind of made it terrible. The number one thing being the insane voice that she was doing for Nikki Finn.
1: So you were not on board for the Nikki Finn. How I was you?
4: not on board. And part of it was because of how we're introduced to the character and her various traits and sort of the way, I mean, other than the goofy skipping, the sort of physicality <laughs> that she was embracing. I, I, maybe like 20 minutes into the movie, I turned to my partner and I was like, you know, this would have been a lot better if she would have just played it like Susan from Desperately Seeking Susan. (laughs) And that Susan had done something crazy and was getting out of jail and was going to go get revenge, I thought. Because she could have talked like Susan and kind of had a progressed fashion sense. And it would have been a lot more interesting. I mean, I get what, where they were going because it's sort of like a loose remake of a Cary Grant movie from the 30s. And it's they're mm-hmm. trying to be zany and broad. Parts of it worked and parts of it didn't. But the voice was so distracting. And I was like, why did... That was a choice. Like I, And I didn't get it. But once you got used to it, it stopped bothering you. And so I thought it was just like a goofy caper. It's very 80s. Mm -hmm. The fashion was fun. The music was fantastic. It was well shot. It's funny that it was clearly supposed to be in New York, but it was very clearly Los Angeles because they didn't bother to like frame out certain things in the background and like the vegetation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's like East LA. Like, what? (laughs) I was like, there's no way that's like upstate or whatever. But I don't know. I thought it was, it was madcap and the plot was goofy, but it all came together. So I don't know. Like, my first impression was. I don't think it was as bad as legend has it, and I enjoyed it. I guess Mm -hmm. I I just think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if she had not done the kooky voice.
1: It's been such a mainstay in my life. To me, everything just makes so much sense. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's just that's the character. That's how she talks. This is what happens. This is who you know. Like, it all just makes so much sense in the world to me. I think when I saw Who's That Girl, I was just so obsessed with Madonna that nothing she could have done in that movie was wrong in my yeah. eyes. You know, like, I was just lapping it up at
4: that point because I was like, this is a great movie. It's just crazy. Her acting in it, actually, I thought, other than the kooky voice, I was like, I, her comedic timing was good. She had good chemist, She had They had great chemistry. It's a shame that this movie bombing, of course, I had to go to the internet, kind of derailed a, his career as a like a potential... Leading actor in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and let's talk a little bit about that casting. With Madonna cast and the, the studio thinking automatically, like, okay... This is going to sell the film. Uh, We just need her star power. And then they just choose Griffin Dunn. But it's a a new role for her to be in a leading comedic role on a film. Well, so let's talk about
1: 80s aesthetic. So I love this movie also for being another Madonna time capsule back to the 80s. And though it takes place in New York in the same way the Desperately Seeking Susan does, the two films couldn't be more different from the music, the costumes, the styling. It's so... Super 80s. It's almost like Trapper Keeper 80s, and uh, that's what I sort of love. How the juxtaposition between Desperately Seeking Susan and Who's That Girl. It's they're both living in the 80s, but Desperately Seeking Susan is like East Village grungy 80s, and mm. Who's That Girl is like Pointer Sisters. I'm so excited. Like hot neon, like yeah. roller rink. Trapper Keeper 80s.
4: The aesthetic was very 80s, very 86, 87, like Upper East Side, Upper West Side. That sort of Trump vibe. Like the whole Mm -hmm. Worthington character and all that was sort of like the Trump vibe at the time. And it actually, it's so funny because the whole thing with the car and how they would park it in strange places, it made me think of the first season of Pose, the TV show that took place in this exact same time frame. And I was like, oh, so Loudon would have been, like, driving down to the pier and da-da-da-da, you know. <laughs> and so so it was interesting, to, to your point, that it would be dif- – I mean, Pose recreated it, but in, like, a heavy, dramatic way. To do that as a comedy, it would almost become satire, especially mm-hmm. because of her fashion and the omnipresent tutu. Oh, and so good. And the tights and the dancers' boot shoe things that she's wearing—like she basically is wearing her like rehearsal shoes through the whole. <laughs> yes. time. I love and every time they showed her feet, except for the scene where she's in the high heels and then she takes them off, she's basically in. The same type of shoes she's wearing at the opening of blonde ambition those like little weird like dance booties yes. like, oh my god she's such a dancer i love it
0: let's talk about those tutus because that is actually an exclusive design choice by the film's costume designer deborah lynn scott um, who said she'd taken inspiration from some of those screwball comedies of the 60s with rock hudson Mm. um i loved those movies too by the way and the 80s you know it's also obvious in a lot of those scenes with haviland morris's character wendy worthington big shoulder pads right very pointy <laughs> shoulders the hair poofy perm coral coral bangs with hot rolled waves and curls and you know even i mean madonna's hair is a little bit like whoa that's you know even for the 80s pretty pretty poofy
1: and Nikki's Nikki Finn as a character that was a look you know it was it was such a specific look from head to toe she was like she stood out and I think that was the point she they didn't want her to just be a regular somebody you know she was this strange almost like pink unicorn running through the film just a side note speaking of Haviland Morris's Wendy Worthington character um we had reached out to try to get Havlin Morris on the show and Havlin Morris's team said absolutely not um and I was crestfallen because a dream of mine would be yeah. to talk to Wendy Worthington but I digress
0: yeah
1: uh,
4: she was so good in that role she was so arch and funny and like was in on the joke it was that was fantastic
0: yeah, yeah
1: like uh, the side characters are some like everyone is doing to me really great character work in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Every single person is really committed to those characters. Like say what you will about how like silly the story is and it might have bombed as a movie but like Madonna is so committed to that character. Apparently she was in character even when they weren't filming. Like it was just oh. constant in character. And Griffin Dunn, I think he's the only one in that movie who's sort of like the sane person. Everyone mm-hmm. else, every single person in that movie is completely insane in right. a good way, but like, except for Griffin Dunn. And I, that, I think that's sort of where some of the comedy comes into play, where it's like, he, poor Loudon, he's just trying to, just trying to get stuff done, and he can't, you know? Like, everything keeps, I mean, it's just, it's
4: super funny. All right, get out of the car with your hands up
3: officers thank god you found us see my husband's having a heart attack we gotta get him to the hospital is this the way
4: let me see your license
3: i don't have a license see i was only driving because it was an emergency and i mean i just
0: look at him help me
4: goes along with. I mean, as much as Madonna was the star of the movie, his character is the point-of-view character and really carries you through to the end. Like, he's who you're rooting for at the end when she comes out on the balcony. Like, yeah, we all love Madonna, but honestly, I was rooting for Loud and I'm like, yeah, dump Wendy and go with Nikki. Like, I was all into it. Like, I was sold. I was sold. So, yeah, I... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, all yes. the- Ooh, fun side note. One of yes. the bridesmaids was portrayed by Kimberly Brown, who goes on all through the late 80s, 90s, and aughts and plays Crazy Sheila on Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful. And when I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, it's
0: yes. Crazy Sheila. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that's good eye. That's a good eye.
4: Oh, that was wild. I was like,
1: the what? Wait, <laughs> the bridesmaids. I love the bridesmaids. If so you look know, funny. Like, One of the things you have to do, Ben, is, like, if you ever, like, want to roll on that movie again, start watching different things in the movie. So, like, one of the things that's so much fun is, like, in group scenes, don't watch Madonna. Watch the bridesmaids behind
4: them. was They were doing all sorts of zany stuff. And then the whole physical comedy of them being tied up. It was almost as if they were holding the ropes themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, and thinking of the bridesmaids, I meant to mention this earlier cuz you know i i said my big jarring thing about the movie was the Nikki Finn voice but frankly liberty i want your take on this as a southerner mm-hmm. madonna's southern accent when she play when she <laughs> pretends to be his cousin i was like that's pretty good.
0: This is Stefan's favorite part of the film.
4: It's my favorite.
1: I was like, she should have done
4: she should have done that yes. voice for the yes. whole movie, and I it yes. would have I would have bought it. She could have been yeah. like this naughty southern girl, yeah. but she got yeah. she came to the big city to be an actress and she got roped up with Johnny and da da. da, mm-hmm. da oh my god. It I have said so that so better. many
1: times that if Madonna had done the Southern voice, it was so on point.
4: It was yeah. so good. It was so believable. I'm like, where did Michigan learn how to talk like that?
0: She can do it. She did it in, um, she did it in, uh, in Down the, on um, the World Tour. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, dear dear daddy. Daddy.
4: Yeah. oh yeah. daddy.
0: Oh, dear daddy. Yeah. No, she's really good at it. And, um, yeah, for sure. That should have been a whole, that should have been the character.
4: That was actually one of the funniest scenes of the movie, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Does
0: that feel better,
2: Buck? Mm. A lot of people take the EPC for granted, don't they?
4: Not us. Loudon, this is my bed and
1: kitchen shower. You're not supposed to be here. Why are you dressed like that? You can't go to the co-op interview dressed like that. Did you get the ring?
2: How's it hanging?
1: Wendy, my God. Well, you just ever forget the little thing Loudon described. Louden, who is
3: this woman? Loudon, shame on you, honey. I thought you told Wendy. Well, I'm Loudon's cousin, Nikki Sue Trott. The Atlanta trots with the three T's. Give us a kiss. Ooh, Ooh. I just love that little thing you're wearing. loudon <laughs> she's got the cutest little figure. What a cute, teeny-tiny,
1: almost non-existent little figure I'll mingle. Present. Oh, wow. me! You didn't say anything about a cousin from Atlanta. Okay, so we obviously have to talk about the music for the movie, but (sighs) the soundtrack and the movie score really pulls this movie together. We've mentioned the unspoken rule of so many 80s movies that require a song title with the same title of the film, Mm -hmm. obviously Shanghai Surprise and other films as well, like Romancing the Stone, Secret of My Success, Weird Science, Ghostbusters, Fame, even the Goonies got a song from Cyndi Lauper. So luckily this movie sort of succeeds in having a really great title song, um, as well as just other songs in general. what do What do you think
4: about uh, the music, Ben? What about you? Oh, I, I mean, the soundtrack is great. Warner Brothers did that thing that they used to do where they put all their artists together. but you know, obviously they give it to their girl, Madonna. I thought it was interesting that cause Steven did the music, the score, right? Yes. But yet Pat still got two songs on the soundtrack. And for me, that was super interesting because they each did two songs and you were starting to, because on, because, uh, uh, on true blue, like that, that record did a really good job of sort of blending the Pat Leonard and Stephen Bray sounds to be, Mm. and on this soundtrack, you really start to hear them sort of branching off and saying, oh, we're going to do these things. Like, the scents are a little different. Uh, Steven's drums hit a little bit differently. And, you know, frankly, those are four of Madonna's best songs, if I do say so myself. The mm-hmm. Look of Love, she should have been nominated for an Oscar.
1: Causing a commotion from the moment it opens the movie with, oh, I mean, we didn't even mention the fantastic animated opening i mean mm-hmm. I, yeah i have loved that animated opening since being a 10 year old child seeing it and i mean i think tony and i had mentioned it uh, a couple seasons ago where i would have loved to have seen them do a spin-off show of nikki in animated form like that just like a saturday morning cartoon of who's that girl would have been fantastic i would have oh, loved that oh yeah
0: i would have loved that and you know that little animated sequence was actually her her brainchild that was her uh work i mean as far as not the drawing but that was her idea so kind of cool right i mean
1: nice i I thought it was a really cute way of like summarizing the the backstory without being too preachy you know like we got it you figured out you see what's happening and it's also done super well to causing a commotion and i sort of loved that Stephen bray then uses the basis of causing a commotion throughout the movie. Uh, You know, we don't hear who's that girl until the very end, but causing Mm. a commotion is throughout that whole movie. And it's wonderful. It's, it's such a great song. And, um, and I love can't stop. Obviously is a great Madonna song. There's some great eighties Madonna songs on that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a shame that we sort of like didn't get an "I'm Breathless" type of album from Madonna at that period, because it's yeah. like I felt like she did such four great songs. Like, imagine what we, what were the six other songs we could have gotten from her, you know? For like, mm. a,
0: she could have done like a little uh, jailhouse rock, a uh, boom boom.
1: Oh, a little Elvis um, tribute.
0: Um, yeah, Don't something. knock De
1: Liovin can't get the shade of red anymore.
0: Yeah. Your, engine red
1: all your worldly possessions <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know I I got this this album the who's that girl soundtrack before I actually got true blue and I remember a friend oh. gave me that cassette I was largely disappointed it wasn't only Madonna songs, I have to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure that I would fast forward to the end of side one after the title ta- track causing a commotion and then the look of love. And then I would fast forward on side two to Can't Stop just because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's it. That was my, you know, that was those. I was buying it for Madonna or get listening to it for Madonna. And the other songs, yeah. I was like, mm, these are kind of these waste my time. Uh, as a 10 year old because you know i'm so busy
1: every now and again i'll dip back into 1987 and, and queue up 24 hours or you know,
0: that's the one i uh, like <laughs> if i have yeah. to listen to the others it's yeah. 24 hours I like yeah.
4: 24 uh, hours and best thing ever yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh well so we sort of already
1: did a little bit de- a little dive on the characters but let's talk favorite characters uh who, who other than madonna is there a favorite character of yours oh. from, the, from the movie liberty
0: uh, for me, I would have to say um, Wendy Worthington. I mean, as far I love the character of Wendy. Are
2: you listening to me, Lauren?
1: No, no, I'm not. Uh, Patagonian Felis, Concord. Last seen at 57th. Love,
2: what is this all about? No, her mother's car was stolen. Cardi is a very rare animal, it?
1: Oh, no, not the rolls. Yeah. Mummy's
2: rolls. I saw the whole thing. Don't worry, Miss Worthington. I've got the license number.
3: You got the license number of
0: our car?
2: I wrote it down. Is it?
0: possible for you to be any dumber um, and I, of course I love Madonna and you know thinking about her at pretending to be Wendy at the apartment co-op oh. interview um, I had to think about it recently I, I was just in NYC a few weeks ago we did one of those touristy bus things and you know they always like to tell little stories we passed the Dakota which is the uh, building famous as being where John Lennon was killed and where Yoko still lives um, but the tour director he had to squeak in a little Madonna story not because of Knew I was a fan, but of course, I was like, I already knew where the story was going because I actually knew it. But um, I guess she had tried to get an apartment in the uh, Dakota and um, she had to meet. <laughs> Maybe she went as Nikki Finn. Maybe this was why she was rejected. But, um, anyways, just a little funny anecdote how Madonna doesn't always get what she wants. But, um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, she plays the character of Nikki with such an adorable flair. Um, even though she's a straight-up troublemaker, but you just adore her because she's so cute. Yeah. Um, she's beautiful. She's magnetic. She's got great chemistry with Loudon, and Griffin Dunn really does a great job of bringing him to life. I don't know. I just really love all the characters just because, like you mentioned earlier, everybody plays two character really, 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 really well. Yeah.
4: Ben, Ben, what about you?
0: Did you have a standout?
4: I'm Team team loud. I think Griffin Dunn got a bad rap Mm. after this movie, and Hollywood did him dirty. He was both funny, he was believable as this sort of guy who was trying to be something more than he was and was in over his head. And then he meets this person who's in an even crazier situation, and it makes him realize that, yeah, I should just go be happy and (laughs) get on a bus to Philly. I mean, there are worse fates and yeah i just and for me he was the character that i identified with through the movie because it's just like oh my god what is going to happen to this poor guy like it's just so <laughs> ridiculous True. that that whole scene where and he finally i love when he so liberty mentioned the interview at the co-op but for me the point in the movie where the character loud and And Griffin Dunn as the actor playing loud and give in to the madness, or when he's on the balcony, when uh, Raul shows up with the bridesmaids and Mm -hmm. the news crew start showing up, and then Nikki runs out there and calls for the cat. I don't know what, a cougar. It just looks like a puma to me. Oh,
3: shit! This thing ain't Mr. Bell's cat? No, Einstein, that is the cat. Look. One Patagonian Phileas Concolor. Says they're almost extinct. There's only four of them left in the world. No. Apparently, this species mates only once every 26 months. It says, yeah, tonight's tonight, night. Sign on the X. What's it supposed to eat? Probably shit for brain uptown attorneys.
4: <laughs> and that whole scene, and, like, Griffin Dunn slash Loudon are just, oh, yeah, this is life now. I'm going with it. And uh-huh. <laughs> that, you know, we start into the the true third act of the film and the hilarious ending. So yeah, for me, I'm team loud
1: all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always had a, even though I'm allergic to cats, I had a soft spot for Murray. Oh, yes. <laughs> Murray. I mean, he's a character in that movie, and God, God bless him. God bless Madonna for working around a, a tiger.
4: <laughs> I couldn't believe how much she was petting him. I was like, if I was the biggest star in the world, I would not be letting them set me next to this animal that yeah. just wants to eat us all. Like,
1: I think one of my other favorite characters, uh, besides Wendy Worthington, who I just love. I mean, forever. Wendy Worthington uh, Mm -hmm. stand Um, I think one of my other favorite characters has always been Raul, obviously played by the great Cody Mundy Um, Raul is such a fun, quirky little character and I love that him and Wendy sort of like are fighting throughout the whole film and whatnot Um, Cody Mundy was gracious enough to share an exclusive behind the scenes story about his time on set with Madonna and now you can hear that story right here
2: So if you want to hang out with Madonna Shikonde, you really have to be in shape, case in point. The scene calls for Raul, who has been chasing Nikki, to capture her in this mansion. So we are supposed to be out of breath. So we're getting ready to shoot the scene, then Madonna stops all the action. She taps me on the shoulder. Actually, it felt more like a punch. I tell you, when, when this girl wants to get your attention, she sure knows how to get it. Anyway, she comes to me and says I want to capture this winded look I want it to look like we're grasping For our last breath of air It was that dramatic So then she challenges me She challenges me to a push-up contest I thought she was kidding But she wasn't So I says, okay Let's do this. We both hit the ground, and we go at it seriously, like athletes, like those Energizer bunnies. We keep going and going and going on and on to the break of dawn. The cast and crew is cracking up. Different people are counting me, and other people are counting her push-ups. I think <laughs> the director James Foley. I yeah, I remember him rolling his eyes in different directions anyway finally the push-up contest ends we are both out of breath there's a victory celebration and we shoot the scene and it comes out wonderful (laughs) and in my mind i'm thinking is this what they call the method i'll tell you my arms are still sore from that day who's that girl 35th anniversary wow time flies fast You have to appreciate every moment of life you are blessed to have, and I certainly appreciate my time with Who's That Girl? Great experience, and I treasure my moments with Madonna. What a gem. Madonna, I can't thank you enough for the gorgeous memories you gifted me. I wish you a happy day of birth, Fiesta. Now, breaking news. Raul should be getting out of prison soon, so hopefully... We can fire up this bad boy again and do a sequel, fingers crossed. (laughs) Meanwhile, Stefan, thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this shindig. I'm wishing you and all your listeners all the goodness that life can muster up. Paz y mas y gracias. Cotin Mundi signing off. Oh, by the way, who won the push-up contest? Well, you're going to have to wait for the 40th celebration of Who's That Girl. Hopefully, I'll be around to tell you the answer.
1: Thank you, Cody Mundy, for giving us that story. It's so great to hear a fun behind-the-scenes tidbit like that. So, spoiler alert, for those who haven't seen the movie, at the end, as Ben mentioned, Nikki and Loudon are on the bus to Philadelphia in love, and they had to plan to open the Critter Crisis Center. Uh, After Cody Mundy just mentioned a sequel We couldn't help but wonder, what might Nikki and Loudon be up to today? Uh, Because of that, I have decided to craft a little scene from the forthcoming sequel, Who's That Girl? Nikki's Revenge. (laughs) Ben, you were gonna play Loudon. Obviously, uh, Liberty, you were going to play Nikki. I am going to be playing the parts, uh, some uh, other extraneous characters, the narrator and some, and we'll get to that. So, do we all have our scripts? Are we all ready?
0: Ready.
1: I'm ready. Still got the moves, baby.
0: Close to the
1: edge. Thinking about the baddies. It's going to be Mickey's revenge. Interior night. We're in Loudon Trot's spacious New York City luxury apartment. Loudon is reading the latest Wall Street Journal issue on his iPad when there's a knock at the door. The food delivery is
4: here already? Just a minute.
1: Loudon walks over and opens the door. Nikki Finn is standing on the other side. Nikki?
0: Hi, Loudon. Geez, you look tired. You getting enough sleep?
1: Nikki walks past a stunned Loudon and into his apartment looking around.
0: Wow, nice place you got here, Loudon. That law firm must really be paying you some big bucks.
4: Nikki, what what are you doing here?
0: I've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want to hear first?
4: Nikki, it's been like 30 years. How do you even get past the doorman to get up here?
0: Your doorman, Kenny? Oh, Kenny and I go way back. He used to tow cars outside the nail salon I worked at.
4: I'm surprised any salon would hire you.
0: Painting nails is an art form, Loudon.
4: Nikki, what are you doing here?
0: Okay, fine. Bad news first. That greaseball Raul is finally getting paroled. And? Loudon, he killed Johnny and framed me and almost killed the both of us.
4: And then we helped catch him and get him arrested, and he served the past 30 years in prison.
0: Yeah, but now I think he's coming after me to get his vengeance.
4: Nikki, the man must be in his 70s.
0: So? You don't think he's been working out at the prison gym getting ready?
1: Oh, Nikki. The front door opens and in walks a woman. Loudon... Who is this woman? Oh, dear. Hi, honey. You're home early. Honey? I don't believe we've met. I'm Fendi.
0: Fendi Farthington? Jeez, Loudon, I'm getting a serious case of deja vu here. Hi there, Fendi. I'm Nikki. Nikki Finn. Loudon and I used to date.
4: A long time ago. Decades, actually.
0: Yeah, we helped clear my name and put some bad people away in the slammer for murdering an ex-boyfriend of mine. And then we opened up the cutest little place called Critic Crisis Center. You remember Critic Crisis Center, don't you, Loudon? The place where you abandoned me.
4: Nikki, don't start. I didn't know I'd have such bad allergies to all that fur. (gasps) Loudon certainly loves his clariton.
1: Miss Finn, is there something we can do for you?
0: Oh, Yeah. Here's the good news, Loudon. My old prison gals hooked me up with some information about old Raul and they know exactly where he's going to be dropped off when he gets released.
4: And why is this good news?
0: Because then you and I can go surprise him. I bet he's going to drop dead of a heart attack when he sees Murray. Murray? Yeah, you remember Murray, right?
1: He's still alive? Who's Murray? Another boyfriend?
0: My cat.
4: A very large cat.
0: I've been training him at home on how to attack. It's the perfect crime. We can't get tried for something a little cat does.
4: Little?
1: Loudon, just be sure to take some Claritin before this outing. You know
4: your allergies flare up the most around cats. Dear, I won't be around any cats because I'm not going with Nikki.
0: But Loudon, you owe me.
4: I owe you...
0: For leaving me high and dry at the Critter Crisis Center. I had to do everything myself for years.
4: Loudon begins ushering Nikki towards the door. Nikki, I'd like to say this has been a nice reunion, but this just really isn't a good time. Loudon,
0: please, I need your help. We need to finish what we started.
4: Nikki, the only thing we need to finish is this ill timed meeting. Say hello to Murray for me. Loudon pushes Nikki into the hallway and slams the
1: door. <laughs> Nikki's in the hallway and gets her cell phone out of her purse and dials a number. Beep,
0: beep, beep, beep. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> hey, it's me. Loudon's worse off than I thought. Nope. No tricks, I promise. We're going to have to resort to plan B. Meet me in an hour at your favorite place and we can talk in person.
1: <laughs> End of scene. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my gosh. gosh. Well, 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 good job, you two. That was a fantastic scene. I, grazie, I mean, grazie, grazie. Grazie. I mean <laughs> you two just channeled. Nikki, I got to say, Liberty, you really channeled Nikki Finn in that. Uh, She's I, like...
0: Uh, from everywhere. <laughs> just like yeah. the real. Just like yeah. the real Nikki Finn. I, I did feel like we
1: got a, a tour de France of of Nikki Finn's accent. It was sort of going around, but it wasn't
0: was I should have just done the the Atlanta Nikki. Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. That's what I was to do. Atlanta. Oh well everybody, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I I really love talking about this film with you.
1: Well, and remember everyone, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLVC Podcast. You can donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLVC Podcast or consider becoming a subscriber. Help keep Who's That Girl, Nikki's Revenge, in production. <laughs> Patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. And I'm serious, if you want to hear more from the the sequel to "Who's That Girl"? We can keep those episodes coming. We'll, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll have bits and drabs of scenes in, in, in the near future. I don't think we've heard the last of Nikki's revenge. Well, thanks you two for joining me on this summer movie series. It's been a, it's been a journey. Yes. But, yes. Um, it's been, but it's been fun, and I'm glad that you two were we're here for a little Shanghai surprise and who's that girl and uh, <laughs> just wait knows? till we
0: till we get into <laughs> them into the 90s my goodness
1: oh, the, the, the the treasure chest of movies we have left to, to, yeah. to, to think yes. just think of the reenactments oh my gosh oh
0: my goodness we're gonna need a little rating issue on our podcast oh, there
1: the body of evidence episode is going to be a hoot
0: exactly
4: <laughs> well her bosoms are going to pop out and who hasn't seen them at that point So
1: we are going to close our show today with a little something special from bobby blue music enjoy his rendition of who's that girl
3: when you see her say a prayer kiss your heart goodbye she's trouble in a word get closer to the fire run faster her laughter punch you up inside you're spinning round and round you can't get up you try but you can't quién es esa niña señorita más fina es esa niña señorita más fina. you try to avoid her fate is in your hands she's smiling, an invitation to the Like you're falling out of feet You tried to get away